0: Okay, I'm recording now, so I'll ask you again. Okay, I've got to do that again. (laughs) Introduce yourself, the organisation you work for, and your role.
1: Okay, Margaret Cooney uh, from London Plus, and I'm the Chief Executive, and it's a new organisation that was set up um, to support civil society in London, Um, really though focusing on sort of infrastructure organisations, organisations. uh, CVSs, volunteer centres, um, specialist equalities networks, <clears throat> and through those, uh, through that support, we offer um, data and intelligence um, insight, data literacy training, often in partnership, um, working closely uh, with the GLA around harnessing the power of data for the use of civil society so to show its impact and to also inform the way it works. We do work around bringing networks together and convening and connecting and that's um, with a really strong focus on trying to get new ideas uh, new collaborations and the third area is um, voice influence advocacy on behalf of the sector so that we get um, you know decision makers and policy makers uh, more aware of what London civil society does. <clears throat>
0: And could you tell us a bit about how you're using digital in your organisation?
1: Well, it's kind of a fairly vital part of um, how we achieve our kind of objectives, actually. Um, What we're using primarily is our website, which is a new website, and we launched it properly in January. But the original intention behind the creation of London Plus was for us to be a knowledge and information hub. So that civil society could come onto our site, find out what's happening across London, but not just civil society, anyone who is interested in the work of civil society. So when I started, I thought we've got to have a fit for purpose website that can communicate to interested people, um, what civil society is about, not just us, but what, you know, everyone else does. And then also we wanted it to be a place where there could be a repository of uh, resources um, for our networks to be able to use and access. And also as a place where we could signpost people to other things that are useful to them as
0: well. So it's pretty central to what we do. and. Um could you tell us a bit about your digital journey?
1: Well, <clears throat> when I started, uh, there was nothing. There was an old website from a legacy organisation, which had served its purpose, really. It was fine, but it you know, wasn't gonna work in the new organisation. And there was a very, very small budget um, to get a brand and a website. And I just sort of sat there with a blank piece of paper and thought, oh, <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, so yeah, so I, thankfully, I have had a background in a tech company. Um, although I wasn't doing the tech part, I was around those kinds of people. And also, in one of my previous jobs, I um, well, I was I was responsible for running um, communications in uh, across the English regions, and so. I'd work quite closely with a, a corporate communications team and when they embraced digital, I'd seen it from that side too. So I really sort of straight away knew that I wasn't just going to have to have a separate strategy for developing a website. I was going to need to have a strategy through where our digital work was kind of a, in, embedded within that. It wasn't something standalone. And for, for, I felt that for us to achieve our our mission and vision. The digital piece had to be central to what we do. So, um, <clears throat> I worked with somebody actually. I um, I didn't really have anybody on my board who knew about that. Um, I mean, you know, they were helpful and they understood what we were trying to do, but um, I had to kind of bring in somebody that, and I was lucky because I did know a few people, to help me work up spec. So. When you go out there to try and develop a website, it's not just as simple as going around and like l- looking around and shopping. <laughs> you really have to have a, a sort of proposition that they can work to the the um, you know the the developers or whoever. So I worked with somebody who was pretty good on d- digital strategy. Just did a day or so, and we came up with a very very thorough um, specification, and I, that really straight away made me realise how you know, how important it is to have that kind of input into what you do before you even embark on things. Because we got quite good feedback from when we then went out there and said, we'd like you to come and tender for the build of a website. Um, We got good feedback. And it was also really helpful having somebody who knew that world because we were able to kind of understand what we were likely to get charged and what to avoid you know all the um, hard sell because we didn't really need anything fancy but what we needed is a very clear vision and strategy we've just got a wordpress site be you know we could have been sweet talked into something else had we not been aware that that was all we needed so that was well worth doing um and then uh yeah we tendered and that was quite a yeah it was quite an interesting process as well and um got somebody who thankfully really understood our world as well i mean it's not essential um but it helps and uh i think what we've got at the moment it's still it's still a work in progress but it's 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 getting kind of well used there have been challenges i'll come back to those but it's 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 um I mean it looks good as well, so that helps. The branding, it's not the most important thing in the world, but it can be an added factor. So yeah.
0: <laughs> and um so you've recently implemented um the website in yeah. given examples of that. What have been the key challenges? Well, there was a couple of challenges. Obviously
1: that's the start out of like what do we do, that was one thing. Secondly, um, persuading trustees that, you know, the amount of money we had was not really sufficient to get something really good for the organisation. You know, I kept getting comments about, not necessarily from them, but, oh, you could get it for £4,000. I mean, you get what you pay for, you know. <clears throat> I'm sure you can. Um, but if you want to attract lots of users and have something that works on different levels, then you do have to pay a bit more. Um And then just things like, you know, throughout that journey that I've just described, things like when we were shortlisting, because we're not experts, we didn't really know what to look for in in a provider, which is why it was helpful to have someone sit down with me at the beginning to help shape the strategy and give me some pointers on what I did and what I didn't need and maybe what to ask. Um, So, yeah, it was quite... So those were some of the challenges, you know just getting to the point of the website build. We were very fortunate. the company that we worked with were really nice and really supportive. There was no major fallings out. I think another bit of challenge is <clears throat> you don't really know what these things look like until they're there. Mm-hmm. And that I mean maybe I'm not of the world's most you know visually uh, imaginative person, but it's hard to sort of conceptualize the website until it actually exists. All the, I think, you know, we didn't do too badly. We're actually modifying it at the our next thing. There's a couple of things that us and the developers realised could have been a bit better in terms of layout, but it was a bit trial and error, and it's not massively added on expense or anything. Um, I think the other challenge for us was we didn't have the money or the time to start with users. I think if you were going to do a really great website and, you know, now, user experience and it's probably called something different now, but that kind of ex- the, you should really start with who is who are your users. Um, I mean, we're all compliant, but um, with DDA and, and things like that. But it would be just really, really would have been really helpful for us to get the perspective of people from the outside. The re- we couldn't afford to do that; it was impossible, and we didn't have time either. I had a very timing was another massive challenge. Get it up and running so quickly. So yeah, that, those those are the key ones. And then there was a late later of challenges. You know, you don't know these things until they happen. But the, our name, I probably shouldn't say this actually. But you know, if you haven't got a strong SEO um, to be, so that's the search engine optimization. Uh, you've got to kind of really work at all that side of things. So once you've got the build out of the way and the design and what is it going to look like, then you've got to think about how do you get loads of hits? What do you want to do to mm. get people to notice it and, and see it? And um, so, yeah, it's an ongoing thing, but it's good. It's been really valuable experience learning about it.
0: Mm. And who maintains the site or who updates
1: it? Um, <clears throat> we have, well... Uh, because it's a WordPress site, there's lots of things that just update anyway, I think. So we've got a series of plugins. We've got hosting um, companies. I mean, this is where I start to get sound vague and unknowledgeable. One, thankfully, one of my team members has really, really kind of developed their expertise on this and, and been fantastic. Um, but we have hosting uh, hosts and then we have... Um, um we've got a kind of set of plugins that we can update ourselves um and we can we've got a deal with the developer that we can go back within a certain time period i mean we're doing that already to modify something but because it's a wordpress site it's fairly simple to kind of update and maintain um so yeah but there always are added on costs i mean people are deluding themselves if they think there are we've you know we have found that already
0: so it's someone within the
1: organisation. Well, yeah. Actually, we we, know, we had a, paid for a hosting site to update it, certain things. Then we realised that, that our, our developer advised us that probably wasn't great. They'd had problems. And then they looked at it again and said, a lot of this you can do yourselves. Um, and if there's any other problems, come back and ask us and we'll you help out. So we've been sort of fairly lucky in that respect.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, And... Um, you talked about a bit about um, resourcing yeah. and development. How how have you been able to resource?
1: Well, by pulling money in from another budget that we weren't using, and we've had to up the amount we spend on it. And I think I think it's really important because <clears throat> if you're a knowledge and information hub, you've got to invest in that side of your work. So. Um, uh, so that's how we've resourced it, but we've we've done it as cheaply as possible. I mean You know, I, I got mates rates on the <laughs> on the build and stuff, but even so it's not um, You know, it's it's not as high I and mean, when we sent out the spec There were some companies that we were given Recommendations from people within our sector that wouldn't even look at the, the tender. So, you know yeah, um and Um, But there are, now we've learned a lot, so forthcoming budgets, we put a bit more money into those for, you know, things like updates and any additional tools that we want to plug in, because if you, you know, we're going to be working with downloadable stuff as well as data sets or data visualisation so there's all sorts of little things that you want to be able to get onto your website that can work and be functioning so I'm not brilliant at them but you know the team tell me so we've had to think about well what would we want so that it really works for the user
0: Mm. so yes you will probably need a lot of content uh, absolutely
1: and that's uh, the the big thing now we had our first proper content meeting actually yesterday because we were worried initially that we wouldn't have enough content, and actually, there's lots. And now, I think what's nice and been encouraging is that with all of the, um, we've we've pulled through people and said, right, we want to showcase your work. I mean, the idea about us is there's all this great stuff happening in London in localities, and it doesn't really raise its head above that locality, and we want to share that. <clears throat> So we've been dragging people, kicking and screaming, saying, write us a case study, tell us a story. And it's starting to kind of take off now. People really value it and people can see. And we've been a bit gentle with people, but we do change things, not in a substantive way, but we'll say to them, you know, it's important to get across, especially writing on a web page. It's different from writing a committee report. You really need to be able to say what was the challenge we had? How did we overcome it? Why did we do it? What was the impact? And that seems to be kind of taking off. We've got a a bit of a waiting list of people wanting to give us their case studies and lots of ideas as well about what we could feature. So that's, that's the great part of it. Once you get going with it, it becomes quite exciting actually. And we also invite people into blog. so uh, the game we've had some really good contributors and we want to keep that going as well Mm -hmm. and
0: what are your tips for success think it through start
1: with it and think how is this going to help with development of your web platform think about how it can help you as a charity achieve your mission and why it's so important don't Mm -hmm. see it as a separate thing Make sure you get some good advice and, um, yeah, and if you can, if you can think about your users and get them involved at some stage, if time and money allows.
0: Um, and what has been the impact, uh, I think you discussed it a bit, on your beneficiaries.
1: Yeah, I mean. We've we had well we've started we haven't had enough time to measure the analytics but we we actually looked at them yesterday and it's quite positive it's quite encouraging it's, the site's being used there was an issue at first of not being able to find us but as we creep up the the rankings <clears throat> we do various things behind uh, behind the site at the back end of the site it's. We're starting to see that, yeah, it's having a bit of an impact. I mean, obviously, allied to it, we've had to think about how we use social media—excuse me, social media channels—and that's helped as well. Um, but yeah, I think broadly, we've had very good feedback about the way it looks, and um, nobody's complained about usability yet. But we've we've already identified a couple of things that could be better, and are working on that. So yeah, positive
0: broadly. Good. Okay, and i just going to ask you a few questions about the digital code of practice. Yeah. Um, you have it there? I have a... I've got a... Not, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so which of these principles uh, do you think were the most difficult for London Plus to address? Well, obviously users, I've talked about that.
1: Um, and then... Um, the skills one, we didn't, we didn't have, you know, we've developed them in-house, but I think skills was an issue. I think risks and ethics were okay. And, <laughs> I didn't realize that was on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think really it was uh, a sort of, the users not, I would have much preferred to have had them at the starting point. Mm. We did spend time doing journeys ourselves, but it's always good to have that informed with the actual people you're talking about. And I suspect that's probably quite an issue for a lot of small charities that just don't have the resource or time. In terms of leadership, well, I mean, I sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet here, but I did have have some insight myself around the importance of it, and I really pushed that home. I think it would be good to have had another digital champion somewhere within the organisation. You know perhaps a trustee level
0: mm. i think i probably got that now but i didn't then and you mentioned for um i guess this is related to the tips you mentioned challenges with the trustees did you have any they tips no
1: they weren't i mean they weren't difficult but i think they just didn't get it they didn't understand mm. it once i kind of made the argument i think then they understood mm. i think it was very much about and I'm, i see this happening i think a lot of charities don't feel they feel like digital is standalone it's not it's as applicable to a charity as it is to a crowdfunding platform mm-hmm. you know it, it's really an important way that people find out about your services and what you do and why you're there so i think there's that mindset of really being focused on the delivery and um rather than actually this is quite a this is a really important part of our infrastructure that's what i think sometimes i think our board didn't quite have that grasp on that Mm -hmm. they do now Mm -hmm. and they've been really positive about the way it looks and and you know helping us kind of get backlinks out there
0: (laughs) (laughs) and um Do you have any tips on how you made the case to
1: them I think it's just to be very clear I mean I suppose it was different for us because we were a new organization and obviously everything was a bit stretching and you know reaching out into the unknown but it was playing back to them the original vision for this organization and saying well to do that to achieve that we are going to have to invest a bit more in our our digital infrastructure and and it wasn't a hard argument to make. Not that hard, anyway. <laughs> it, I think it was more just a, a lack of knowledge than an unwillingness. A bit, you know, like all of us, we were all kind of like, we don't really know what you have to do here. But I think there's probably sort of a bit of a wake-up call for people to be more aware and that, and not just my board. And I think this is generally, these things do cost. <clears throat> it's not like you can get your mate to do it for a few grand And if you want to do it properly and do it well you really do have to think and i think it would be really helpful i mean there's a lot of you know a lot of talk about charities and digital and how they miss out on hysteria but actually there are just you know they're a customer like everyone else so i wish there was some kind of really helpful way resource, resource uh, for us smaller charities to understand this is your price band, this is what you can expect to get for that amount and this is what it would do. Those kinds of things that we've learned along
0: the way would be really valuable. Mm. And do you think the, the framework, the Digital Code of Practice, will be helpful to other organisations to move forward with digital?
1: Yeah, because it's quite simple and, um, I mean, I didn't know about it when we were doing this. I only became aware of it when we started working recently with superhighways. But actually, it does apply. It's a good checklist of things you should think through. So, yeah, I do think it's helpful. And also, I like the idea that it is quite simple and straightforward rather than kind of blinding everybody with science. That's another thing. You get completely overwhelmed that it's all going to be, you know, you get overwhelmed by jargon but actually you know buying and commissioning a website is a bit like anything else it's like having your house done <laughs> you've got to say what you want and why you want it and make some choices but i think where you kind of slip up perhaps with digital is you don't really have the information to make the choices perhaps as somebody is more specialist mm-hmm. great
0: well thank you all right, you. All right.
1: okay